Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. This week on Irishman Running Abroad, we are talking all about adjustment. How do you adjust when you're not happy with your fitness, when the plan you had isn't working, or the challenge you've set yourself suddenly doesn't seem like the smartest idea in the world? We've all been there. Joining us today from Oslo is the winner of 16 major athletics championship medals, including world and European 5,000 metre gold, European 10,000 metre gold, two world cross-country championship goals and of course 5,000 meter silver at the Sydney Olympics it's Sonia Sullivan great to have you back Sonia what brings you to Norway well this is home of I think it was probably my first big what well, well, back then it was called the Golden League track mates mm-hmm. and now they're the Diamond League and so the Oslet is that games are on this Very week this, this Thursday so yeah the athletes are all coming in from far and wide and there was a direct flight from Dublin so um, yeah I'm here a few days early and, and it looks like the weather's going to be good so lovely and that's not yeah. a diamond league thing is it it is yeah it is. it's a diamond okay. league yeah because yeah. we've seen some stellar performance from Irish athletes over the last two weeks including your own daughter Sophie qualifying for her first NCAA final not the last I'm sure and of course Rashida Adelecki doing Rashida Adelecki things as Ian O'Reardon put it in the Irish Times I love this he said it's one thing winning an NCAA title over the pre-race favourite it's another thing winning a championship record an Irish record and a time that would have won you a medal on a global stage can you put this achievement of Rashida's into context for the listeners Sonia? Yeah, well, it's the first time in, I think, 17 years that any Irish athlete has won an NCAA title. And the NCAA championships in America is it's kind of like the culmination of an athlete's career in college. And many athletes never win a title. Mm-hmm. Many take four years to do it. And Rashida has taken her three years. So she's in her third year of college at the University of Texas. And she's been knocking on the door the past few years. She's been at the NCAA championships from her first year over there. She, I think she made it to the final last year, not the in the 400, but in the 200 meters. And she's been on many relay teams with the University of Texas. So she's had great experience of running at the high level at the college championships. But up until now, she's kind of been like not really the favorite to win because this other girl, Britton Wilson, who goes to University of Arkansas, has always been just a kind of fraction of a second ahead of Rashida mm. on beating the NCA records and and winning the NCA championships. So this is the first time that they actually were lined up together, raced each other, and uh, Rashida was able to come out on top. But in order to do that, she did have to run, I think, nearly half a second better than she's done already break the Irish record, break the NCA record. Um, but, you know, records are they're broken every second day now. So I think records are one thing, but I think actually going out there competing and winning the race, that's the most important thing. Yeah. And in doing that, breaking the records. So it's a huge platform for her now to, to launch herself off of. Puts her right up there, ranked third in the world this year already. Madness. And, and yeah, she will be scheduled to run at the World Championships 
later in the summer, but it's it's quite a ways away yet. It's the end of August in Budapest. So we've, we've all got that to look forward to. So if you're Rashid Adelecki, are you leaving college after your third year and going forget it I'll I'll finish my degree and I'll go pro while while the getting's good it's kind of a tricky situation it's hard to make that decision because you know you're in a safe environment right now and she's surrounded by her teammates and to go professional I suppose and to go out on your own would be quite difficult you'd have to make a change again but I think she can do that and stay where she is it's not quite the same if you do that stay where you are and you're not competing for the university. So I think the best of both worlds for her would be to finish her degree, to stay in college and to work out some kind of a deal where she doesn't have to run so many races. She runs enough, but not so many. And she can have the time to specifically prepare mm. for the Olympics next year. Yeah. Um, you know, rather than, I mean, she'll find out this year by the time she gets to the World Championships how she's feeling after such a big year. So I wouldn't be in a rush to go professional. And I would. And now the athletes, they can sign these NIL deals. So you can actually have a promotional contract with a shoe company, with other brands while you're in college. So it's not like you're foregoing. Yeah, taking a vow of poverty. Yeah, I mean, you're actually able to earn some bit of yeah, money. It's only put fair. It away. And, you know, the value of being in college for another year you know, you get paid your, all your living expenses are paid, your travel expenses, your studying, you know, you don't have all that to worry about, which is a big thing mm. for a young athlete to have to deal with if they all of a sudden decide to go out on their own. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, as you've said in many episodes here, it's just, it's also just a beautiful experience, the college life there, especially when you're bringing home titles and you're the toast of the campus. Our own listeners put in some incredible runs over the last two weeks, including Jantastic wearing the green singlet for the very first time at the World Mountain Running Championships. Jan, of course, has been a guest on the show. She was in Innsbruck in Austria. She climbed 11,000 feet on this run, 28 miles in seven hours, 18 minutes. Sonia, absolutely mind blowing stuff. Never tempted up the hills, Sonia, never. Um, never thought about no. doing something as wild <laughs> as Jan. No, no, they've definitely grown a bit in recent times and it's more popular for people to go to these events and be a part of a national team. Yeah. But I've seen some footage of the hills that they had to run up and particularly the final climb over the last 100 metres and, you know, it was hands and knees stuff. Oh, so It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It is really yeah. crazy. <laughs> well, I'd love to cover it a bit more and devote an episode to some trail running because all I get is nudges from people going, Jar, you're going to love these trails when the time comes. Before we get off this topic, though, of the amazing performances we've seen over the last two weeks, you're there, as you say, for the Diamond League. Maybe Is it going to be regarded as the greatest Diamond League event maybe ever? The Paris Grand Prix that we just witnessed all of these records falling what was your take on it what was the standout and what do you think how do you think it will bear up to uh, where will it stand in history yeah well Paris isn't normally known for being the best meet and and they actually don't normally have many long distance events and these longer the men's two mile where Jakob Inge broke the record running 7.54 for two miles so that's like two sub four minute miles back to back mm, crazy well, well under sub four minute miles back to back and then the women's 
5,000 meter record with um, face, you know, stepping up from face keeping on stepping up from the 1500 meters and 1405. I mean, she really just had to keep up and she was going to win the race, but she had to keep up at close to world record pace and then finish off, which I think it was a 58 second last lap to run 1405. Amazing. Uh, which was amazing, you know, because this these were kind of last minute world record attempts. And I think the setting was perfect. They had the pacing lights around the track, which now definitely seemed to help the athletes a lot because you hear them talking about they can see the light mm. between beha- beneath their feet and they can see when they're ahead of it. Or I think they prefer to be ahead of it than, you know, see it running off in the distance. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what would it have and done you, for you back in the day? I even think about these, you know, these dragonfly spikes and how much you must look at them. I think I'd love a go of those. Would the lights have helped you? <laughs> I'm sure they would have. I mean, they seem to help everybody else. So, you know, you got to think that all these advancements in shoe technology, in the lights, assisting the athletes around the track. I mean, yeah, of course, it's um, helping athletes to run faster. And it's just, I don't know, I don't think it's a good idea to have it all the time. I think it's great every now and then. But, you know, everybody loves a good competition Mm. where the athletes are racing each other and you know, we, that's the one place you get that is at the championships. So I think we have that to look forward to later in the year. And it does change things up a little bit when, you know, it comes down to pure racing. So I think a combination of both is good. What was the third world record? I'm trying to remember. Oh, the third one was in the steeplechase. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I that mean, nearly kind of went under the radar. You know, yeah, it did. And the incredible. People were really talking about that too much at all. Such a hard record to break, I'd imagine, just because there's so many, there's so many variables, isn't there? You can clip one fence and then it's all gone. But he only just went under it for uh, half a second. I don't know the name of the athlete in front of me. But so you go, you go to the Bislett Games now. Do all these people then run in these as well? Like, surely that's not enough recovery time. Some of them will. Not everybody. So they have different events. So the women, there's no 5,000. Um, there's a 3,000 metres and there's a mile. So some athletes will come again. Some would maybe have to go home for their, to prepare for their national championships where they use those to qualify for the world championships. Hmm. Particularly the Kenyan and Ethiopian athlete, athletes. They don't like to be away from altitude for too long. So a number of them will go back. A number of them will be required to go back. So they come over here, try and get the fast races out of the way early, then go back, prepare for their championships to qualify from the world championships. Then they go into a, a camp and they work together and prepare for the world championships. Okay. So it's different for different athletes from different countries. The Americans will be the same. They'll have to go back for their championships. They're you know pretty tough. They have to be top three. Or, over, or it's top here. three or nothing. Yep. <laughs> it's pretty brutal. Pretty much, yeah. It's pretty cutthroat over there. Yeah. And, you know, they have the depth that they can do that. And, you know, mm. you can't always predict who's actually going to make the team. And so the benefit of being here early season is that you get to practice running fast times. You get to practice racing. And you can also collect Diamond League points, which then you can have them stored up for the Diamond League final, which takes place in September in um, Eugene, Oregon. So people are they're kind of looking at different things and different plans throughout the year and what they want to aim for and trying not to put all the eggs in one basket, but to spread it a little bit and hopefully get the opportunity to run those races later in the season. 
Well, our topic for our episode today is adjustment, and I'd imagine it is a pretty big adjustment for you to be there just watching. Yeah, I mean, I think when you come to the meets now, you look around and you see, I suppose you're always noticing the differences and watching how athletes are now. And, and, and you know, it is very different. Um, it's a different world that we live in now. And I suppose the attention that athlete gets is so much greater mm. as well. So they have to deal with all that. And so it's interesting to see that. And, you know, I think in a way, you know, as much as we had a lot of fundraising and enjoyed all the travel and everything that went with it, I think everything is kind of on a higher level now. Yeah. And so everything is kind of ramped up a little bit. But along with that is the expectation as well and the need to deliver. Otherwise, you know, you can find yourself not on the traveling circus anymore and having to go back to the drawing board and work out, you know, how to get yourself back going again. How to get there. Mm-hmm. I went back this week and I had a little listen to our first ever conversation, Sonia. The very first chat we had back in 2013, uh, while Sophie was cooking cookies in the kitchen next door. <laughs> and the first question I asked you was around that bubble and how your awareness of your significance to people like you know, Tina, my wife, who was ill, really ill at the time, who was drawing strength from your performances. And you said it was a bubble and that you were kind of happy to be in that bubble. It must be tough now when you're seeing your own daughter there in Washington competing in these NCAA finals and there just being no bubble. <laughs> like it's it's literally the the public response is right there in front of them and follows them home back to the student apartment that they're in. Like, do you, like, what's your thoughts on that? And how how do you advise her when that isn't something you lived through? I think you, the best thing you can advise people, I think, is you try and detach yourself from different situations. And you have to put yourself in a bubble and focus solely on the things that you can control mm. and the things that you can manage. And... You know, I mean, I'm sure a lot of the athletes will experience things that they don't like and they may be put in a situation that they haven't experienced before, like, you know, even if it's some negative comments and then how they deal with that. And most will probably say, oh, it's fine. You know, I don't get bothered by it. But I'm sure there is some effect there. And I suppose you learn as you go how you're going to deal with that in the future, you know, if it does affect you. Mm. Um, Because... You know, there's people, you know, everybody wants to be loved by everybody, but there's always someone who doesn't like you. No <laughs> doubt. No doubt and, about it. Yeah. And I suppose there's there's greater ability for them to let you know that. Thing. Mm. And, you know, you have the in America, you know, you will always have the golden girl of athletics. It was Mary Slaney back in the day. Yep. <laughs> you see these Mary Slaney Zola Bud moments sometimes and. There was a little bit of that last week when Sophie was in her heat and she's out there running and, you know, she doesn't have a rear view mirror that she can look in as she's passing people and she just, you know, sees the finish line. Yeah. People say, oh, you cut in too early. And she's like, well, you know, I didn't even know that. <laughs> it's yeah, like, I'm just running. You know, you're just running freely. But I suppose there's greater methods for people to analyze things now. Mm, yeah, there's and the then, super slow-mo they, high definition that wasn't there before. Yeah, and with everything, they go back and athletes are disqualified and people are putting in protests and there's just so much more room for people to critique stuff that you kind of think, 
you know, why can't we just look at this simply and purely and why do you have to overanalyze everything? Mm. And, you know, when most of the time the athletes out there, if they're bumping into each other, if they're maybe stepping one step over a line, you know, a lot of the time it's not on purpose. They're not trying to get an extra advantage. This is just a natural part of racing. Yeah. And I, mean, I think you just have to learn from this. And, you know, because the thing is, if you go out with a thought in your head that, oh, I must be careful when I pass somebody, when I step in, I must watch the line. There is a little bit of trepidation about what you're doing and you're a bit fearful. I don't want to put a step wrong here now. <laughs> I've got to do this right. Yeah. And so then all of a sudden your natural instincts are taken away. And I think, you know, we have to be careful not to kind of have everything too manufactured, too perfect. And sometimes you just have to let the races evolve and let athletes go out there and compete. And it is a contact sport at times, and we have to accept that and, and, and deal with it. Yeah, well, we are in the age of VAR and a, a fingertip being offside is enough to get a goal disallowed. And you're right, there's certain sports where it just doesn't translate across as well. I seem to remember a piece of footage from a very long time ago where a US athlete <laughs> accused you of, of doing her and she shoved you in the back after the race. <laughs> Do you remember the incident I'm talking about? Yeah, I think that was, you know, it was one of those things where... I was in the race and I was, something happened and I was falling. So, you know, I just grabbed whatever was in sight and it happened to be somebody's number. <laughs> and you rip it off and they feel it and then it's kind of like they're pulling them back. But, you know, it's again, it's just a natural instinctive thing to do. And um, you don't plan these things. You don't go out there intentionally thinking, mm. oh, I'm going to pull somebody back here now yeah well i'll dig out the footage and i'll stick it up in the patreon notes for people it's quite funny when you look back on it and the temperatures were rising afterwards when the blood is up i had a down week the last week uh, due to a stomach issue probably brought on by the stress of work and trying to balance everything in this stand-up comedy tour that i'm on at the moment which goes to newcastle glasgow edinburgh and liverpool in my own diamond league of stand-up comedy <laughs> in tiny clubs uh they're not tiny. The 250 seat rooms. I'd love you guys to come along. They're, most of them are sold out except for Newcastle, Armagh, Tralee. There's a few seats left. But, you know, it was an enforced down week. But you mentioned to me on the phone that this kind of unprescribed down week is no bad thing. And it's an adjustment that we we have to get good at making. What did you mean by that? Yeah, I think it's just when you kind of run as you feel and you you do things as you feel rather than feeling you have to be rid you with your routine mm. and thinking okay well I have to run every day today or I have to go to the gym and just being and it can be with your sleep with your diet everything mm. it's like you just kind of let it all flow naturally and you just accept where you're at and is that an adjustment that we all need to make with age or is that just regardless of age there are some weeks where you have to go with the flow um, yeah, well, I mean, I think, you know, even a lot of athletes competing at a high level or if you've run a marathon and they've been preparing for something for so long and it's like that kind of letdown afterwards where you've been so concentrated and focused on what you're doing and then the week after you're kind of, it's a bit of a letdown and you're like, oh, what do I do now? And you're you're a bit at a loss in a way mm, mm. as to 
where the structure is in your day because you've allowed the running or the fitness and exercise routine to dictate so much of what you do because it has to otherwise you don't fit it in and then everything fits around it so I think sometimes we have to allow ourselves the kind of fluidity of just getting up in the morning and just going about things slowly and naturally and then kind of finding if you really do want to go for a run and it can happen at any time of the day or if you want to go to the gym or walk or and sometimes you actually don't even it doesn't even make you feel good you don't feel that good (laughs) you know doing this but somehow you have to allow yourself to just take that time down that it just allows you to relax a bit and and maybe Mm -hmm. in a way to me I would call it you just be normal for a while you know you don't Mm -hmm. You're not so fixated on having to do stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I opened this up to the Irishman Running Abroad WhatsApp group that you're more than welcome to become a member of and catch up on all the banter in the chat and the extra help that you can find through this podcast on the WhatsApp group. And they came in with some great suggestions and questions around adjustment. So we're going to try and get to as many of them as possible. This down week that I took this week was a small adjustment that made sense. The other thing I did was I met up with coach Vinnie Mulvey, who you guys will know from previous episodes, VinnieMulveyFitness.com. He got me in the gym for the very first ever gym session that I've done that's been directed and specific to running. Most people haven't made this adjustment, let's be honest. Most people haven't gone to a gym to incorporate strength training into their running routine. Well, here's a little chat I recorded with Vinny directly after my first attempt at one of these. <laughs> I'm just walking out of the gym here with Vinny uh, movie. Thanks, Vinny, for taking the time to do this of a Friday. Yeah, it was great. I really enjoyed it. And uh, we have a bit of work to do, don't we? Yeah, well, it's the first time that I've ever had anybody advise me on something as specific and as focused as this. Usually we go to the gym, it's like you got something out of men's health or something and you're going, ah, we'll take a swing at this. You hear some basics, you maybe have a book, but rarely do you have specific training for this activity. And today you put me up to some basic stuff. You can explain to people what it was, but I was just blown away at exactly how weak I was in in just basic stability and strength. Yeah, like I mean, like we this is stage one of your your strength and conditioning for the marathon for Dublin Marathon, and you know it's very basic to start off with. It's just fundamental strength strength work with a little bit of plyometrics. <laughs> I suppose we did a little bit of that, but you know we're yeah we're just doing your like your calves, your quads, your your hamstrings, your like I, I, I humbled you on one or two of them there, so um, but that's what you need. Yeah, you that's know? what I wanted to know. But you said you knew already coming in, just from looking at my run, the where the weaknesses were. Is that something that you were just able to see after all the years of training, or was it just abundantly obvious that the state of my run, marathon or no marathon behind me, it's quite obvious where I need work? Well, yeah. Look, I, I could see you running, and I can kind of spot a few little. Um, habits or not, not habits but just uh, patterns I suppose and you're kind of going right you need a bit of work there you know the glutes especially and stuff but uh, a lot of times everyone needs these type of you, you has these type of weaknesses you know and we all we're, we're in 
we're all in lifestyles now where we're sitting down a lot more we're in cars we're yeah. on laptops playstations all that kind of stuff and, and we're sitting a lot more so there are patterns that need addressing you know so um so you're looking at um some of it was about springing off the floor but a lot of it was about kind of strengthening the ankles um yeah the like, lowest the lowest point of contact with the ground yeah well we're working our way like i, I want to make sure that your calves your there's two main muscles in your in in your lower leg in your calves so i, I want to strengthen them up um because let's face it the stronger you are the, the better you're going to be in the marathon when you get to the latter stages you know so um yeah a little bit of um springing kind of plyometric kind of stuff um but like what we did today is very basic you know yeah. so we're, we're we just we have to we we i'm keeping the weight kind of low on, on some of them there i want you we're working a bit of endurance on like the two-legged calf raises and stuff like that so we're, we're working on loads of different things there mm. you know i asked you in there um final question i'd ask you it's a lot of people <laughs> have the same problem it's shocking boring like it is boring like it when you're running scenery is passing you by there's things to see yeah but this is one then two <laughs> then three it you didn't you didn't have a magic elixir to avoid the boredom but more just embrace yeah, like it's kind. Of, it is kind of monot. It can be monotonous. Like I, I, I've grown to love it. Going up to the gym and, and um, just it, it's a sense of you. You, I just focus on the sense of accomplishment. I'm gonna feel in an hour, you know. And say you walk out of the gym going, that was a good session. I'm getting stronger, you know. Yeah. But like, like music is probably the the biggest help. But you know, you most people will wear headphones in the gym. I don't, but. A lot of people do and it just gets them through some people just listen to podcasts or whatever you know uh, listen to the radio but I, I like to just focus in on what I'm doing and I I'm kind of I get a little bit intense where I focus on every single rep you know in the moment I get mindful with it instead of just lashing through all right I've 10 of these to do just lash it through and get home for my breakfast or whatever we've all done that yeah. final question Vinny, before we go what am I going to be amazed by if I stick to this, if I stick the course? What is what is it that a person will see in their running if they do set about a proper directed strength plan heading up to a marathon? Uh, loads of things. Like, I mean, the, the, you're going to avoid injuries more than likely. Um, you're going to feel stronger. You're going to feel, when you're out running pretty soon like you're going to feel just more sturdy and you're going to be more in touch with your body and um but for a marathon i mean you're gonna you're gonna notice when you start doing your like getting into september you're doing half marathons and then the marathon itself you're gonna just feel more confident in your body and say jesus i'm, I'm not gonna break down here i'm if i can lift you know 50 kilos for eight times or whatever on a certain exercise okay i, I can handle this like do you know i love it love the sound of it Vinny. thanks so much as always really appreciate it man. thank you good man cheers all right sonia he, he pointed out a few things that really made me excited about the prospect as boring as i found 
doing reps. <laughs> the, the and they're holding the right position. And, uh, <laughs> keeping the form, going up on my tippy toes with a bar across my shoulder, all of this stuff. It did make me excited to think, one, I'm going to avoid injury. And two, I'm just going to feel stronger on runs. Uh, that's true, right? Vinny's not making that up. This is 100% the two number one benefits of this thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the thing is, you just have to keep doing it back to back. And I think just doing small, simple, boring things, they somehow accumulate and add up and Mm. then you feel stronger and you feel better. But it can take a bit of time to do that. I mean, I would think it takes a few weeks. Okay, stay patient. You know, two to three times a week and you do have to be consistent with it to, to really feel the benefit. Right. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I'm also looking forward to the Dublin City Marathon, which is what this is all about. Why not join our Dublin City Marathon Strava group that we've got as a kind of offshoot branch of the Irishman Running Abroad group on Strava? There's nearly 200 members in there and things are really going to start ramping up over the next few weeks. Sonia, once again, I'm really sorry for the loss that you suffered and thank you so much for coming back on. I totally would have understood if you were like, no, I need a few more weeks. I'm reluctant to ask, but people people want to know, are you OK? Is How are you doing? Yeah, I'm OK. I, I, I did take one of those uh, down weeks where, you know, you just don't have that energy. You mm. know, I suppose you kind of question the purpose of everything that you do, don't you? Yeah. When you're in a situation like that and... um yeah. So I, yeah, I did. I just was, I suppose, in a way, kind to myself. A lot of people say, be kind to yourself and don't, you know, rush yourself back to, you know, being my normal, you know, mm. structured, <laughs> organized self. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I suppose take the time to spend with your family as well. Yeah. And your friends and, um, yeah, put everything in perspective. Absolutely. Well, Sonia, once again, on behalf of everybody, that listens to this and all the messages that came flooding in on RIP.ie and in the group here. We really are sorry for your loss. And hopefully what you've just said there will be an inspiration to people who have also suffered loss and are struggling to make the adjustment back to running. That's what this episode's all about. If you want to hear the rest of it, you can hear a full double sized episode on patreon.com forward slash Irishman abroad each week. And you can support the continued production of this podcast by doing just that. One of the keys to like maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically, you know, exercise wise. Imagine, you know, a world where everybody could go out the door and engage in the kind of exercise that's going to make them more relaxed, more healthy, burn off stress, 